0: Valida's Tool and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oscar Slotosh.
1: So hello, my name is Oskar Slotos and I'm your expert in tool qualification and library qualification.
0: Oh, it, it's not avoidance of tool qualification?
1: Yes, but this time we talk more about library qualification. Of course, <laughs> the other one is also true. <laughs> so therefore, I thought it might be good.
0: In this podcast, we support you in building a safe and compliant infrastructure for your software development. It's about the safety of tools and libraries that can be achieved by qualification. And I'm even acquitted your friendly representative of the audience. Before we start this week's episode, Oscar has some news to share with everyone.
1: Yeah, we have announced a new uh, or published a new website uh, with our products. So we have had some time to develop some qualification products, for example, for IBM uh, doors and uh, ELM uh, tools and others that we have productized and uh, available uh, to qualify tools and libraries. But coming back to the introduction, do you know where the difference between tool qualification and library qualification? Well, at least one difference is you can avoid tool qualification, but you can't avoid library qualification.
0: (laughs) And are tools and libraries the only thing Validas qualifies? Uh,
1: Mainly, yes. But within the libraries, we differentiate between pre-existing and unchanged libraries, where there are the shortcuts, the uh, safety standards say, well, we are not as rigorous as with normal software. And today we are speaking uh, about a generic safety plan for software libraries that are newly developed, so like other software.
0: So somewhere where we're starting from scratch?
1: Yeah, well, at the end, yes, we we are starting to develop uh, software. And of course, if we need to develop software, we also need to qualify the tools we are using. So everything what uh, typical developers need to do, we can also do.
0: So you've said that you call it the generic safety plan. What makes it so generic? How is it different from a very specific safety plan that you would adapt it to, or do you adapt it in the process of qualifying a library?
1: yeah the 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 idea that is generic is um, uh, typically when you um, work uh, build a safe product, you have a process and say, "Okay, we're using this tool and we're using this programming language and we're we're doing it uh, in this way. Um, and then you have a process description and then you can argue why this process is uh, safe. And then you come to another company or another department of the same company and they are doing model-based development and they're doing it differently. And then you need to disc- describe the process and argue again. And always this argumentation is always uh, project specific or product specific. It makes a difference whether you, when you develop a safe part of a car or a safe part of an airplane or whether you develop a safe um, library or whether you de- develop with use models. So there are many different things and um, that make a difference, but we have found a model, uh, uh, which is in between the safety standard and development process. So, And by filling this model, um, we are generic and compliant with the safety standard. So uh, it can be done in the work can be split in a way that people that have developed a prototype Um, just uh, give us some requirements and some hardware and the compiler to build the software. And then we can uh, fill this development, this model that we need to have in between the safety standard and uh, development with all the details that are required, starting from requirements, design, uh, unit specifications, and those things. And uh, at the end, it will be uh, safe. And that's a generic safety plan based on the safety models, I would call them.
0: Of course, this sounds really great in theory, in generic terms, if you'd allow me. How does this work in practice? Can you give us an example of how you apply it and what actual work it takes to get to a point that you're satisfied with it?
1: yeah well first of course you need to understand um, how complex is the 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 library or the software you're developing and uh, you need to align with the goals so uh, in principle you define uh, the item that you're developing and typically it will be a safety element out of context so it won't be a car or it won't be an airplane but it won't be let's say a library or an operating system or uh, both or something um, which is uh, embedded into a context so you define what is let's say what functions you are using which libraries you are using so this is a precise definition and in addition you define the safety goals so saying we are compliant with part 6 and 8 of isa26262 or we are compliant with uh, part 3 of uh, IEC 61508. so you define the goals and you define uh, the item and uh, that's uh, the first step and then Um, Of course, you uh, need to get an impression how complex it is, how many functions it, how many lines of code it is, uh, how many variants there are, how long time you have and uh, all the things, what is project management, project planning and uh, so once you agree uh, about those uh, conditions, terms and conditions, you start in uh, developing a, a development interface agreement, where. Uh, you exactly say, okay, that's our duty, and that's the duty of the customer that provides us the library, for example, with bug tracking. So if we find a bug, um, where should we add it? So should we add it in our bug tracker, or is there another bug tracker where you can add it? So some of those things need to be clarified. And then we just take the, uh, the, the, the prototype and um, make it safe by creating this model and, uh, well analyzing and understanding and documenting um, this uh, prototype. And uh, once it passed all the tests, it's a product.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about which factors you've taken into consideration when developing the generic safety plan? You've mentioned inputs from the customer that you need to have in order to develop it into something applicable to a specific problem. But what are the general terms that you have to consider when developing something very generic?
1: Yeah, of course. And this is part we've done in in the process modeling tool where we had uh, um, some episodes ago, the presentation. So we have, of course, considered the steps that need to be done. So um, create a requirement specification, create a structure model, create a hierarchy and artifacts and there are some steps, but also some artifacts. So for example, the prototype, uh, the specification, the design, um, the test case, um, the hardware. So there are different artifacts. And of course there are roles as well uh, from people that provide. So so you have some software provider and a hardware provider, typically can be the same person, but at the end you will get something from them. Uh, let's say a hardware software interface where you can Uh, run the software on the hardware. That's something you typically get as an input. And then you, um, depending also on on how much specification you have. So in practice, you have some things that are specifications, but some of them are maybe a standard or uh, just a user manual. And um, it's not so detailed as you might require it. So you need also a contact person to ask and say, well, can you explain me how this is exactly? What should happen if I divide something by zero? Well, the division is quite clear, we can understand, but in what happens if you divide by zero? What should happen? What is the specification for that? It will be zero, it will be one, it will be uh, an exception, so what happens? And um, those are typical examples where we do need interaction. And uh, once this is specified, we document it and we create the corresponding test cases. all the document we do in a model. And this is a model is uh, a variant of the toolchain analyzer. So we call it the toolchain analyzer for software or TCA-SV.
0: For international listeners, it would be T C A S W instead of S-V, as it is here in Germany.
1: Yeah, uh, you're right, S-W. I think we'll make an extra episode for, for this, how we model this. I think it's very similar um, to tools or so tools have um, use cases and have uh, features uh, that describe the behavior of the tool and for a software you have also a use case that contains requirements and you have instead of features you have components that are used that can be um, libraries or can be folders can be classes can be uh, functions can be units so those are the typical components that build up a software and is described there but in the structure is you have a hierarchy tree of features and you have a hierarchy tree of components so it's a very similar model so we reused the tca model and extended it a bit and now we have cool thing and uh, also some more document generators of course tca i think has four document generators as you know classification report safety manual uh, qualification plan and qualification report but For a software safety case, I think in total you need, uh, we had, I think was it 49 documents. Um, (laughs) One document to get an overview over the documents, one document to manage all the documents. And uh, there are so many documents that are required to have. And uh, well, then we said, okay, let's generate them just from the model. And we wrote some dozens of generators, well, we didn't wrote them. We we wrote a configurable report generator that we just could configure those different reports and then it wasn't so hard to generate them.
0: You were talking about applying the generic safety plan to libraries, the safety element out of context, for example. How is this safety plan different than what
1: you would normally use for tools? The safety plan is always uh, um, arguing compliance with all the requirements. So um, the safety plan for this generic software um, includes, of course, the tool qualification safety plan. Um, and this is somehow because we tool qualification is part 8.11 in ISO 26262 and our um, generic safety plan is compliant with part 6 complete and part 8 complete. And this includes 8.11. So, Um, We have to, of course, we qualify or we we use the tools with confidence as required. And this means um, classify and use some tools safely, create a safe tool usage report as part of the um, safety case. One of those 49 documents and another is some tool qualification reports for uh, the compiler and some parts of our test automation units, those things.
0: And what are the differences in how you handle tools and software in general at Validus?
1: The common thing between a, a tool qualification kit and a software verification kit, as we call it, uh, because software is not qualified, is typically verified or made compliance, um, is a very similar thing. So we have a, a kit that we deliver as a zip file with a a support tool inside and the support tool is started and the support tool you select the features or components that you uh, uh, want to qualify or verify. And then the corresponding test cases will be executed on the target. And that's the same for the, the tool, the library and the uh, modified or library or the software. So, and therefore it's very similar and uh, for the tool and the normal library, you generate all the four documents. Uh, and for the software you generate, I think 24 documents or whatever. So there's a long list of documents that depend on the execution of the test cases. So And um, of course, some architecture analysis reports that are already in the model are also generated. So you get all the general documents out and you don't need to create a single document. So this uh, kit then generates all documents that depend on the model. Of course, you have also some other documents like the safety plan itself, for example. And this is a a document that is generated from the PMT model, but also again generated nothing to to write. So that is somehow the the commonalities is somehow the structure of the thing. So we have a support tool, you configure the the use case and you generate the documents. So that's very similar um, how we are using it. It's just that we have a completely different set of requirements and then and much more documents to generate
0: for example
1: for example an software architecture and design report srdr and um, well for tools you don't need to have an architecture description for tools you just need to have um, requirements and uh, test cases so the the true qualification of course a classification yes um, but in principle, when you're tested, you just have to have the specification and the test cases while for the uh, software, you need to have uh, the unit test, the integration test, the embedded test, the parameter test uh, for configurations and for calibration parameters. So you have five different test stages. You need to go through the software and with the tools, you just have one stage just to run test cases. But at the end, it's the same thing. You run test cases on the target and uh, because we also run the unit tests on the target and and all tests on the target, and then it's not not a big difference, just it's more.
0: (laughs) Does that mean you have reused certain parts of your previously existing tool approach into the this generic safety yeah, plan. Yeah,
1: yes, of course. So the it's why it's called TCASV, because we have reused big parts of the TCA and also big parts of the the QST uh, we have been reusing. It's just that we added uh, the configurable report generator uh that allows us to configure the dozens of reports that we are generating.
0: Definitely but I have to ask you has the use of a generic safety plan sped up or made your qualification projects more efficient?
1: Yes, of course. So the main reason why we did it was that a customer said, well, oh, we have a problem. We have uh, overlooked this uh, um, this uh, library. It's a small library, but if we apply our process, it will take us a year and we don't have capacity here and whatever. And uh, we have only three months time. So um, what shall we do? And so, okay... We can do it in three months. We just uh, uh, do apply this model-based thing and it was it was done in three months. So I think we took another month because there was a second variant of it. So we, uh, we made it safe in two different variants. So, but that is a, a big advantage of having all these generators and you just regenerate documents if you need them again.
0: So this is something that your customers could potentially get to a point where they don't need as much help with it.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, that's the same as we do with tool qualification. So we have a licensed product in this case is TCASV um, with the corresponding tool kit that generates all the document, um, and we will uh, do this together with the customer. And then we can teach customers to uh, also do it on their side. And um, well, that's a typical way how we work with customers to share the work as, as the work split as they like it. Mm-hmm.
0: This is just my personal curiosity, but I'm really wondering, do you consider the generic safety plan that you have right now to kind of be a done product, or do you see yourself developing it further in the direction of, let's say, invariants that are specific for particular safety standards, or is it more or less the same what you're looking for?
1: Very good question. So uh, currently we have a a compliance argumentation for ISO 26262 uh, part 6 and part 8 and uh, for example if in ISO 26262 is written uh, you have to analyze your architecture for potential risks. Hmm. Okay well that's a requirement and most safety standards by the way have something like this but then you ask, okay, how can we do this? Okay, then you say, okay, what risks do we have? And then you think about some some risks and uh, then you come up with uh, some model extension and extend the model and say, okay, we can model now the risks. We have a pull down list to to have all the risks there in order to say, well, this component doesn't terminate or this component computes wrong results or uh, this component uh, made use too much memory. So we have some of those risks and uh, then we can argue. Okay, ISO um, 26262 says you should um, analyze your your software component, and then we said, okay, we are. There's a step, and say go through your software architecture and identify the risks and specify it using this part of the model. Then, then you can say, and then you have a verification action. Say, okay, at the end review the risks and check whether they are correctly assigned, and you have some checks. So, in this case, then you are compliant with ISO 26262 risk analysis. Well, of course, all the details are uh, uh, more detailed, but in principle, that's how uh, we developed it. And the next step will be to make it compliant with IEC 61548. And then we'll go through and we can make another checkmark. Yes, risk management is done as it is done from ISO 26262 but maybe they do have a bit of other requirements. Sometimes they are thinking more on the system side and say, you should test the software in the system. Well, and if uh, we think that is, that is not well represented in our current safety plan, we might add another action, uh, which is only um, need to be fulfilled in the variant if IEC 6158 is required. So there can be some extensions uh, for new standards or if you come, well, fault injection, yes, for ASLD you need it, but maybe in IEC or eight you need it also for other uh, levels. So then you do a bit of tailoring in the way that you say either ASLD or EEC or eight. So there are some uh, extensions that we do make, but I don't expect uh, big changes here. So I'm not sure if TCASV need to change at all.
0: So it's more of a framework that you plan on sticking with in the future.
1: Yes, so that is something. W- once you we have developed it, we can just reuse it in future projects. And another time, the customer asks, "You have a huge problem, but and, but only three months time. Can you do it?" And well, then we can say, "Yeah, you are lucky. We already have a generic safety plan. We just need to do the work." Yeah, that's uh, something good.
0: Through all the episodes that we've released, where we talked about the amazing projects that Validas has been working on and applying to real-world problems, it feels like it's getting more and more complicated and more and more automated. Is there something that you are planning to do in the future that might even top this one?
1: Well, there are some some cool products we have. Uh, we didn't talk about, um, for example, there are uh, the qualification of these configurable report generator is something very complex um, to to address. Or we have a universal generator tool, which is a, a cool tool that can generate test cases using SAT solvers from Eclipse models. So there are some really complex things, but. We don't have them really as tools outside. We just use them to create some test cases in case we need it. So, well, of course we will have some next challenges in the future when we um, go more towards the system level, when we go more towards security, then the qualification will be even more complex and we need to have other test cases and qualification methods, but um, we will be step by step.
0: Validas. Safety for your tools and libraries. Contact us at www.validas.de and ask for a free strategy talk.
1: One difference between tools and uh, software is um, a tool is you can program people don't look inside usually but you um, when you look into a software it's more critical they look inside and you should have some, when you use model-based approach, modeling guidelines and we have modeling guidelines and uh, you should also have programming guidelines. And so a typical example is MISRA programming guidelines. And um, if somebody is building a prototype, if you use coding guidelines like a MISRA guideline, then you need to have a tool that checks them that you're really compliant with those kind of guidelines. And that's uh, uh, not a simple task to check MISRA guidelines. So, but it's not mandatory that you use MISRA guidelines, so we didn't. We decided not to use MISRA guidelines or to require MISRA guidelines. But of course, we need to have guidelines, and uh, our guideline uh, was simply that um, the code should be model-level. So we should be able to create a model from the um, from the code or for the code that describes it. And this of course implies that the code is readable and understandable. So if we cannot understand the code, then we cannot make it safe. Then it's, uh, it's uh, impossible to make it safe. And the model is really something very structured and it asks you how, how many inputs has a function, how many output has a function, what types do they have and what is the specification. So you get to all these questions and if you can't answer them, uh, then the code is programmed wrongly. So maybe the comments are missing or other things. So that is, I think, a very, uh, I think it's a clever way to say, okay, we should be able to create a model. And this gives us a big flexibility to model any kind of code that we can understand. And if the com- code is really complex, and uh, of course, a software provider that builds a prototype uh, can and need to explain it to us and say, okay. Um, that is in this way and here is this uh, hack used and there we use this workaround and therefore it's like this but um, that's the basic of safety to have redundancy and redundancy in understanding a software and therefore uh, when we worked with TÜF they said well that's a, a good way to have a programming guideline for us and um, if people write bad code then we cannot qualify it that was, that was a, 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 just one example that we took that made it get generic. Of course, I'm a fan of Misra guidelines. That's, uh, that's a, a good thing to do. But I didn't want to um, restrict our business to only Misra-compliant uh, prototypes. So therefore, if people are using Misra, I would be happy. But just for example, if you use uh, some open source software, they don't even, they cannot afford to buy MISRA coding guideline checkers, so they don't care about MISRA. They have their own guidelines, and why shouldn't we focus on those um, tools or software?
0: And are there any other, let's call them conditions that you set when you were developing this plan?
1: Well, there's another good condition within the architecture of the software we have this tree, uh, so it can be um, folders, uh, folder tree or components tree or library tree. And this is somehow a tree structure. And this tree structure is visualized automatically uh, with uh, using GraphVis within our tools. So we always have architecture images for every architecture that we model. So if we model um, a component, that has three classes in it, and there are inputs and outputs between those classes, then we get a nice image, uh, graphical view of this on the screen. That's nice. So we can say, yes, that's true, or he is missing something, and we really see, uh, get a graphical visualization and validation of the architecture by just looking at it. Well, that's a good thing, but the bad case is if you have a function with 25 arguments, well then the graphic will the graph will be so large that you can't w- view it anymore on your screen and it will uh, get ugly and then um, that's also not so nice and uh, somehow this um, graphical validation and description um yeah also restricts the ability to model only good code and model reasonable code and of course, you can also group things together and, and make this happen. But this is uh, the advantage of a graphical architecture description. It restricts to you to make nice architectures. And I remember Edgar Dijkstra's quote was a famous computer scientist: saying, the beauty is our business. So to make it as beautiful as we can with the software.
0: That sounds lovely.
1: Yeah, I know some, some nice quotes. I had him as a teacher when I was a student do you know what is a reusable theorem for edgar Dijkstra?
0: a reusable theorem i don't think i do
1: well uh, it's a theorem you can prove twice why would you yeah yeah because proving is fun oh boy in that (laughs) sense okay (laughs) yeah well Dijkstra was really cool guy beauty is our business yes and that's a theorem proving for him That's it for today. So we have shown you a new product from our product webpage, the generic safety plan. And it consists of a plan to make a software safe using a model. And this model contains all the descriptions that are required to generate all required documents. And, uh, and next time we will show you more about the TCA SW and uh, how those models uh, are structured and detailed and get a bit more into, into this topic. Thank you for listening and goodbye.
0: Thank you for joining us in our episode 41. If you would like to try out Validas' products for yourself, you can follow the link in the description of this episode to a full list of Validas products. And if you have any questions on tool and library qualification, feel free to contact us. We are always happy to answer them for you. Our email address is podcast at that's
1: it for today.
0: Thank you for listening and don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validas.